Five, four, three, two, one. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. See if they could work together when we needed them to. To fight the battles that we never could. Welcome to The Journey Through Infinity. My name is Jennifer Smith, and I'm here with my three handsome co-hosts, Tim Capel. How are you doing tonight? Uh, quite well, and very happy to be continuing this journey through infinity. The journey through infinity. Well, it's it, this particular journey through infinity. No, it's the it is only the only one. <laughs> it's the only one we're doing. <laughs> um, how about you, Scott? Hello, Jenny. How are you? And uh, I'm enjoying this journey through infinity because uh, tonight we do another debut movie. I kind of enjoy those. It's kind of fun kind of marking uh, the big players as we dive into the the proper story. So I'm looking forward to it. Speaking of big players, how are you doing, Justin? It is a journey through infinity, so I'm excited to be on it. I'm good. It's really the best one, though. I mean, you don't need those other journeys through infinity. They yeah. they really don't matter. Just, you could probably say a lot it's of passenger, yeah. fellow passengers. You know, it's it, it, yeah. We're moving in, in parallel dimensions here. It's infinity. So, but mm-hmm. I I think if people have gotten on this uh, this bus, then that's where they want to be. On the short bus with us. That's right. Mm. So yes. next up, we're going to talk about Thor. From 2011, the fourth film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, My experience with Thor, pre this movie, was just the Norse god mythology type deal, you know. Not really any, um, didn't really read anything about him, didn't really know much about him, you know, other than um, Asgard and whatnot. Um, Tim, were you a big Thor fan? (laughs) Uh, going into this movie, yeah, I was a reasonably big Thor fan, but wasn't one of my, like, longtime favorites. I think he was similar to Iron Man, in that he was one of those characters, Marvel Comics mainstay, that I knew about, appeared in a lot of my favorite stories, but I didn't really go out of my way to follow his individual solo adventures necessarily not not really until i would say the late 90s did i start reading thor regularly and again i don't know that it ever became like one of my tippy top favorite comics nor was he like a favorite character or anything um but in the years since i've kind of gone back and read earlier uh thor appearances in comics like the classic uh, stan lee jack kirby stuff um which is 
really phenomenal. So, yeah, I, I think uh, since this film, I've probably become a bigger fan of the character. And I don't know, his treatment in the MCU might have something to do with that. Probably so, yeah. What about you, Scott? Um, I didn't really read Thor a ton. Uh, most of my Thor experiences were TV or animated. I, I remember having a VHS tapes when I was a kid of the of the animated series from the late 60s. When, when Marvel was kind of doing that. And I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Um, when, you know, there was two different... Because I, I, I never realized that Thor was just Thor, and that's how it, it would be from here on out. But on the, on the cartoon back in those days, uh, he was like two different people. So it was kind of... I never realized that you could Thor could just be Thor. He doesn't have to be like an alter ego. But he was on the, on the, uh, on the cartoon. And then I remember one of the... Uh, one of the Incredible Hulk movies in the late mid to late eighties, the you know the TV show, the Lou Ferrigno, Bill Bixby, Hulk. One of the movies had Thor in it. I'm like, wow, this fucking sucks. This is the best they could do. <laughs> that was, oh wow, yeah. it's fucking horrible. the Incredible Hulk returns. Yeah, I remember yeah, that one. It was horrible. It's he the was, one that doesn't have Daredevil on it. Yes, exactly. But that Thor was fucking horrendous. Um, and other than that, uh, not much. I was not a reader of Thor. Even I like. I have nothing against Thor, but I mean, I was. I had specific. Uh, you know, people that I read when I was a kid. I didn't really read Thor much. So mostly it was the animated cartoon of the late sixties and uh and that one shot he did in the in the crappy uh Hulk T V movie for me. What about you, Justin? Uh, growing up I definitely was into like Greek and Norse mythology. Uh <clears throat> I read up a decent amount about it. it kind of faded just as I moved on. Like I kinda wish I stuck with it. So I did. I was aware of Thor, like as a god. Uh, I can't say I really knew him much from a comic point of view. I think even to the point where, when my son a couple of years ago got a towel, I didn't know who he was. So he was asking <laughs> me, well, I had to ask you guys who he was. Um, but I will say, when I was briefly reading comics and following along with uh, the Marvel Age podcast, uh, I did read like the initial Thor, and I, it is in my notes, so it shows I'm paying attention mm-hmm. how they do follow the mythology in this movie and not the original kind of comic, which I think was Scott was getting to, uh, because it wasn't in the original comic. It wasn't like a guy found the hammer and became Thor or some shit. Wasn't that how that comic book was? Yes. He, yeah. he has an alter ego who was just a, a normal human dude in the comics. And, uh, even the comics later on sort of, I think had the same realization that Scott did that we don't really have to do this. Thor can just be Thor. And it was, it's one of those weird things. It was a waste. That, yeah, it, it was in the comics for quite a long time, and that is how it started out. Right. Yeah, yeah that seems lame. This way seems much better. All right, so um, does this seem like a natural um, next character step for the MCU to go from you know, Iron Man, Hulk, now Thor? Does that seem like a good, a good way to continue on um, with our building towards the Avengers, Tim? Uh, in some respects, yes, just in terms of he is the next sort of big character that Marvel Studios has access to. He's not gotten the feature film treatment, so yeah, he makes he makes sense in that respect. But from the standpoint of like tone, um, it's a little bit questionable. You gotta figure that in my mind, at least, Thor, more than anything, was the litmus test for Marvel Studios. Like, they made 
two really good Iron Man films. They made a passable Hulk film. Um, but I think Thor is just inherently more difficult to pull off. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you could take Iron Man, and that's that's a concept that translates really easily to the screen. Um, he's a character that doesn't come with a lot in the way of, you know, expectations or preconceived notions about how it's supposed to be done. Um, with Hulk, I mean, he has the track record of working in other media already, as Scott talked about. Um, theoretically, shouldn't be that difficult to get the Hulk right in a movie. But with Thor, it's like, you've got this baggage of a very out there high concept and you have a small but really devoted and vocal fan base for the character and this is a time in marvel studios just they didn't have the cachet yet to really Mm -hmm. i guess earn the benefit of the doubt like they like they do today um so this was going to be a test for them and i do in a lot of ways think it's a turning point but we'll get into that um, is it because it's like more like fantasy, sci-fi? Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. Like, it, it feels mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a little bit more of a jump. I know Hulk is is kind of along those lines, but it's still grounded a little bit. You know, as much reality as these things have, I I think I would have went. I, I think like hearing Tim talk about the backstory a little bit, and you know, just knowing like yes, this is all still pretty new. I'm surprised they didn't do Captain America first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really was too, even at the time. Because it's so grounded in in more of the history, you know. It's like it's it's. I don't know. None of this is factually accurate, but Captain America is about the closest you get because of the war aspects. So I'm I'm surprised they didn't save Thor till like and then squeeze it in right before Avengers. You know, just kind of get him introduced and then go there, or even introduce him in yeah. Avengers. But I guess there is obviously there's a reason why we need to see him first, um, which we'll get to eventually. But yeah, I'm I'm surprised they put him here after. I mean, because we had Hulk, but as we know, like Hulk was kind of weird and jammed in there and then they ended up changing the Hulk. So we've really only seen Iron Man in, in a way um, mm-hmm. because the Hulk we eventually see is very different than the one we saw in that movie even. Um, so yeah, I would say it's odd that he was almost in a way the second big character we find, uh, you know, we get related to here. Scott, were you excited about Thor? I was, I, I actually, um, I actually am going a different path. I like the, the putting a cosmic, that's like the big Marvel word, cosmic um, aspect now, and then go back to the grounded part of it with Cap. I think everybody, I think Marvel, I'm going to kind of use both both JR's and uh, uh, Tim's thinking here. Uh, Marvel did not have the cachet sachet yet. They did not have house money. They had no money. <laughs> they barely were breaking even. No house money right. yet. So, but I think they were pretty comfortable knowing that Cap was going to be really good. So I think they wanted to... I don't think they want to shoot the cat bullet yet, and I think Thor was a safer bet. Plus, when we talk about the cast, when we get into the meat and potatoes in a minute, this cast is outstanding except for one glaring you know, whiff that I'm going to talk about, But in my opinion. But the cast is outstanding in this movie. So that part I, knew, I think they knew was, was going to work. It was just a question of, like you guys said, the effects. We didn't have the fun, you know um, – you know, Tony had two movies worth of effects, but they were grounded mechanical effects as compared to cosmic effects, which is what we're having mm-hmm. here. So I think it's a different, um, a different plan here. And I think if they, if they, I don't, I don't think this movie was going to suck. But if they, if this was, then they still had Cap. 
because I think I think they were pretty confident that Cap was not going to be lousy. And obviously, we'll get to that one in the next next episode. But um, I think they knew Cap wasn't going to suck. So I think it was okay to put this one here, kind of break up the monotony of grounded Earth guys and get the cosmic guy out of the way. So that's why they put the the you know the the uh, credit scene at the end of Iron Man yep. two where right, right. where it was found in the hole and and uh, and it. set it up for that it. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll practice. We'll practice that later as we move along. But the, it um, was found in the hole. It was found in the hole. If I say the hammer's in the hole, uh, we're already off to a great start. So, um, but uh, yeah, I think I think going from kind of the grounded human Avenger guys to the one cosmic Avenger guy um, was a smart move. I think because I think they knew that that Cap was going to be great, so they were. I think they wanted to take a chance here. Uh, with the co- with the one guy from not from Earth, mm-hmm. and kind of get his story going, and then once you get to Cap, then I think they were back on kind of solid ground. So I was I was fine with it. Was I surprised? Not really. And I think it was a smart move to put Thor here. Um, you also yeah, go ahead. Sort of put yourself yeah put put yourself in that 2011 mindset too. Like something I don't know. What's you have to figure Marvel Studios is is going about these films and they're saying, what's our approach to whatever the property is. And this is sort of, as, as Scott said, cosmic, it's epic, high fantasy. Um, your most immediate thinking might be, I don't know, Lord of the Rings, but even that is like some years now in the rear view by right. 2011. Um, Game of Thrones is just getting started. Like, I was looking at release dates for that, for its first season, and it had debuted on HBO just a couple weeks before the release of this film. So, I mean, nobody really knew what that appetite was for high fantasy on a a major studio budget. And was this really going to take? Like, even if it was a a well-produced film... um, was it going to make any money? I, I think that was kind of the big question. So, again, more things we will get into here. Well, um, Scott, you mentioned the casting, and I don't think that you can start any discussion uh, about casting without talking about Thor himself, Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Uh, this <laughs> is uh, another genius casting move, in my opinion. Um, he is like most of our other heroes. He just becomes Thor. Like in everybody's mind, he's perfect for this. Um, I think he does really well. Uh, did, had anybody known of Chris Hemsworth before he did this? I didn't know him before I saw the movie <laughs> a couple months ago. Um, honestly, me neither. I don't, I don't even remember what he was in before this. <laughs> to be honest with you. No, I mean, he had done... Well, he was in uh, Cabin in the Woods, but I don't think mm. that had been released yet, had it? I don't think so. He only like done like three been, movies before this. Yeah, they filmed it, but I think, wasn't that on the shelf for a little while? I, I know I hadn't seen him in anything before. Well, he was, I mean, he was Kirk's dad in the first Star, in the oh, first Star yeah, Trek. Yeah. But that was quick. I mean, yeah. it was, what, eight minutes yeah. or something? Yeah. Like, it was a quickie. So, other than that, he was in A Perfect Getaway and Cash. So before this so really not much so were they taking a shot in the dark you know i think that um he has the look for sure and uh and then a lot of that innate thor charisma you know that Mm. that little something something that um 
mm-hmm. is um, mischievous in a way, um, mm-hmm. and and not just I am Thor. You know, <laughs> he has a real right, like right. Uh, buddy guy kind of quality to him. Mm-hmm. He has yeah. the look and the personality. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah, yeah. He's good at hitting the quips too. Like his mm-hmm. timing is good, but he. But he does it as yeah in this grandiose way. Uh, wasn't Triple H rumored to be in the mix with Thor way back when? Yes. Oh my God! Really? Yeah. yeah right yeah. after. Uh, right after the third blade. Yeah. Wow. And even I think that would have been a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'll even say that <laughs> that would have been a that would have been a terrible idea. All right. So you got awesome Chris here, and then you're going to put him along. He'd be burying Loki left and right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And he's going to like you know stab the father in the back. Of course. Exactly. Um, so we're going to put him uh, alongside. Norse guards like you can never be king. <laughs> Yolnir is a sledgehammer. Yeah, exactly. It's longer. Yeah. <laughs> Long sledgehammer he's throwing around. Definitely would have been Gene Foster. Yeah, and oh Odin, if you don't like it, I got two words for you. For you. <laughs> Bye, Frost. <laughs> Bye, Frost. <laughs> yeah, the, forget the rainbow. The fucking bridge would have been neon green and... <laughs> You know, I do kind of want to hear Triple F- H say "Bye, Frost." Sean would, Sean would definitely be the guard with the fucked up eyes. The <laughs> that was horrible. Oh, it's fantastic. oh, that was wrong. Shit! I can't see shit, Hunter. Supposed to be guarding the, the bridge. Uh, <laughs> oh wow! Uh, sorry. Uh, super kick. Anyone who comes across the bridge. <laughs> so they put uh, this unknown um, with Natalie Portman, who is um, not unknown. She's been in a bunch no, of it's... shit. And uh... I actually thought the casting was pretty big here. <laughs> like it is. It's huge. Like there's a lot of big names yeah. throughout this movie. Um, I, I, you know, a lot of people have a lot of complex Natalie Portman fans uh, or feelings. Um, I don't know where you where you at on Natalie Portman. You think so? I mean, I thought I thought she was fine in this. Like I, because she's not like um, the role here is not supposed to be like a flashy one. You know what I mean? So like, I think she's actually not a flashy actress. Like she's a solid. So I thought that was fine in this. Um, I'm still I'm still not used to the stars being in these movies because I think it I think I've said this before, but because I watched those Netflix shows before this where like nobody's a star, you know, mm-hmm. they're all just like other random people. Um, I'm still like thrown off guard when like big stars show up as these comic book. And I get it. I mean, obviously they should. But I'm so used to just unknowns playing the role that when these big stars just randomly pop in these movies, I'm like, oh, shit, they're in this. <laughs> what are your feelings, Tim? I mean. I I also think Natalie Portman is fine in this. I don't really have any complex Natalie Portman feelings um, necessarily. Mm-hmm. I, I don't love the character that she plays in this movie, but I I think she does a pretty good job with it. I I mean I know the inevitable comparison is you know the Phantom Minutes, like oh mm-hmm. she did Star Wars and sucked, and then she did a Marvel movie and sucked in that too. She's yeah. just and I don't think that's really fair, like. Just in the sense that she was legitimately bad in right. The Phantom Menace. And she's not bad in this. She's just playing the character as it's, you know, pitched, basically. So, uh, you know, I don't think she does anything wrong here. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much fine with uh, with that casting choice. 
you agree, Scott? Uh, no. My, my opinions <laughs> of her are not complex. She sucks, and mm. she sucks at everything. She is the greatest go-through-the-motions actress I've ever met in my life. Every movie she's in, she just kind of goes through it. Her eyes are glassed over and vapid and not there, and she's kind of, And I'm talking about before Phantom Menace. I just never liked her in anything. And she just kind of like, like, there's no emotion there. She's just kind of like, oh, here's a script. I'll do this. Okay. And okay, we're done. I didn't like her in Black Swan. I didn't, I didn't like her in anything. Mm-hmm. She's just, she's just one of these go through the motions actresses and she's fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, uh, Tim, you convinced me about 5% because this is a going through the motions character. Right. So <laughs> that's fine. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you don't want to go and, and uh, JR's point's very interesting. Um, when you were talking about how you're not used to seeing flashy actors, but the these are the A-list Marvel characters, so they get A-list co-stars, whereas the <laughs> Netflix shows are B-list characters. Oh, no, I get why. So they get, because I'm they not, not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying. No, I know. I'm just saying that's what it is. It's these are the A-list guys, so they get oh. the A, the A-list characters. So they get the A-list cast and the B. Oh, no, of course, they're, these are yeah. fucking blockbuster movies. I, I mean, I get the difference. Sure. No, I know. I'm just saying that uh, that's, you know, it's funny, though. But I mean, hey, the cast of the Netflix shows were great and turned out in the end for the most part. Um, but yeah, I just I've just never liked her. And I, I didn't it, the 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 Star Wars movies notwithstanding. I mean, that aggravated me when she was in Phantom Menace to begin with and her sucking in it just just uh, dignified my opinion of her. But I will say and Tim, you you convinced me again, a, a skoosh that it didn't really matter because this was a going through the motions character anyway like i whatever she's fucking there and move on like it didn't fade that part didn't phase me but having said that i would have still even found somebody better for it than her yeah i mean i'm kind of with you on the dead behind the eyes um deal with her but yes she was not written very well and she's just sort of she's like the audience really um not knowing what's going on it's a good way to put it actually she's like the audience point of view character so Mm -hmm. just kind of even though she plays somebody super smart i mean she's a scientist and she's kind of you could be a super smart and still not expect to see a a giant yeah norse mythology you know god of mythology come down on a rainbow yes (laughs) especially a smoking hot one like that one so and they upgraded her job she was a nurse she was only she was i mean not only a nurse nurses are important but she was a nurse in the comics and on the animated and they kind of jazzed up her job here too so to kind of fit the thing i suppose to fit the situation well um another huge name in this movie is um papa odin anthony hopkins mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um wow uh yeah i think he just looks like an odin like yep. <laughs> his voice his face i mean everything is just like he's perfect for this and he's wonderful in mm-hmm. this Absolutely. He looks kind of like Chris Hemsworth that, you know? He looks like he could be yeah. related to him. <laughs> yeah, he actually does. That's a good point. I agree 100%. No, great casting job there. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And then, yeah, that's kind of dream dream casting. Right? He's one where you almost feel like, God, is he slumming it doing this, like, trashy superhero movie? <laughs> <But> <laughs> a little bit. I mean, because that was, again, 2011. Reputation is sort of not where we are now, but... You get Anthony Hopkins for your Odin and Thor. Holy shit. You know what, Tim? You know what, Tim? Having Kenneth Branagh direct didn't hurt. Exactly. Yeah, that's something we can talk about. (laughs) Sir bros. So that probably didn't hurt that you were trusting the the direction of the movie with like a bona fide, you know, cinema stud in that aspect. So I think having him on kind of, you know, didn't hurt the credibility aspect of it probably. 
Exactly. Um, I don't want to get bogged down in all the cast, but Renee Russo's in this, Kat Dennings, mm-hmm. Idris Elba. Um, but I think probably my favorite character, uh, Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Um, so did Idris Elba just come off shutting down Michael Scott Paper Company and head right up to... I think that's pretty much what happened. Hard. Yeah, yeah so, I think so. I'm going to double check that for you. I think so. I think it was like right after that, right? It had to be around then. The uh, So my only issue... <laughs> With Loki, is I feel like he should be better looking. What, <laughs> sir? <laughs> better well, looking I mean, than Tom? I mean, in this movie, I mean, maybe he's a better looking guy. I don't know, but in the in the movie, he's supposed to be like this charming trickster, right? I mean, that's the god, that's the mythology behind it, and they kind of make him look kind of like ugly in the movie. You know? Well, don't forget, he's not. He's adopted. He's one of the Frost, and they were a bunch of ugly <laughs> Look, fucks. I'm not anyway, saying so. he's adopted because of his family lines. I'm saying he's supposed to be this charming trickster guard. So when you picture that, you picture like he should have some good looks behind him. You know, he should be like a, he should be like a handsome, dashing guy. They're like he is. <laughs> nice he's guy. not the Riddler. <laughs> yeah, that's his. Yeah, he's basically the well, fucking Riddler, he's the isn't thing. he? He's- I think his personality is such that he is sort of charming, but it it's that charm that sort of crosses a line into smarmy, and that mm-hmm. sort of spills over into uh, how we perceive him. Because I mean, I think Tom Hiddleston is a very good looking yeah. young man. What about Tom Middleditch from Silicon Valley? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I, I do. I was about to say I don't know who that is, but I do know you who don't. that is, and. Uh, all right, so yeah, no. uh, maybe he's a good-looking guy. In the movie, I feel like he's not. I feel like they don't make him look like. A you good don't think he's guy. good-looking enough? Well, he's next to Chris movie. Hemsworth. It's going to be a little bit difficult to get across. And that's that. the point. That's the point of Loki. He's jealous. Yeah, that's the point. So you're right, but it was done on purpose, not um, by accident. I'm going to commence to spamming the chat with hot pictures of Tom Hiddleston now. So <laughs> as Loki, or just as himself? As himself. So Idris was in seven episodes in 2009. Then he was in the big C for four episodes. Yeah, he was in the big C? Yeah, and then he started, as, and then he started the show Luther in 2010. So he, it's been a... Luther Reigns! <laughs> so, so well, when was he doing The Wire, though? Wasn't that around that time? The Wire too? was 2000 to 2004. Okay. That was. Early. I mean, that was 2002 his, to 2004. That was his like breakout. So yeah, he was, he was a name by the time he got to the office. I mean, everyone knew him. Oh, oh yeah. no, absolutely. But uh, you were just asking about the timeline. It was it was a couple years after yeah. he left there, and he did the big C before he did this. So no, he was he was in pretty good shape at this point. All right. But, so moving on, um, Thor gets tossed out of Asgard uh, in the beginning of the movie for uh, going to fight the ice giants. Is that correct? Frost Giants. The Frost Giants, right? yep. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down right here, Frost Giants, a dumb name. <laughs> so I was, I was, it is kind of a dumb name. It, it sounds so simplistic, and yeah. I get it. It's like a children's book uh, yeah. <laughs> when they named it from. But it just still sounds like, I don't know, like you're trying to legitimize these things on the big screen, and you're trying to draw in fans from outside. And if I came into this as like, oh, God, the heels of the Frost Giants, like it just, it just sounds kind of <laughs> It had to be a better name they could have used. Yeah. Yeah, he he provoked uh, an unnecessary uh, battle um, right. after and, he broke a truce, pretty right. much. Right, and Odin told him not to fuck around, but he did anyway. He did anyway. Right. 
You're on uh, Jodenheim. Great word. Love saying that one. Oh, uh, Jodenheim. I like some of these other words. I don't know. This kept me, making me think of yodels. And then I, wanted to eat one. I know. Every every Norse, it sounds like a, a candy or a dessert. Mm-hmm. Uh, now eat your sandwich. You don't get any Jodenheims. <laughs> <laughs> um. I thought the graphics hold up pretty well. Um, yeah, uh, Asgard mm-hmm. is one of my most favorite locations in all of the MCU. I, I think agree. it's beautiful, um, mm-hmm. so very cinematic and and gorgeous to look at. And even from the beginning, from this movie, I love the Rainbow Bridge, um, and it throughout the whole journey through Infinity, we get to see it several times, and so many awesome things happen there that. Um, I just really yeah. love the location here. You know what it actually reminds me of, and I've never I've made this comparison in the past, but I'll I'll throw it out again. It's kind of like that 1987 Masters of the Universe movie, mm-hmm. yep. but it's on a much much bigger budget, of course. Here, <laughs> and um, I don't know. That's kind of appropriate to me because, uh, from what I understand. Jack Kirby's New Gods for DC Comics was sort of the inspiration behind a lot of that movie, Masters. Um, And you look at what's kind of the thematic uh, inspiration for New Gods, well, it was Jack Kirby kind of continuing his Thor Asgard stuff over at DC. So sort of tracks back, and I don't think that's intentional at all, but just... It was one of those things that struck me right away, like even the, in the theater, um, jumped out at me. So, and I'm maybe alone in that regard. I don't know. Um, I certainly don't love that Masters of the Universe movie, but I've seen it enough times that it's very just imprinted in my brain. I think so. It was an easy line to draw. Um. All right. So, uh, I guess we can talk about Molnir now. Uh, because mm, well he, done, thank you. Um, Odin um, strips all of Thor's powers and sends him to Earth, and um, makes it to where only someone worthy can wield the hammer. Um, I like how he does that as sort of an afterthought too. Like it, he, yeah, kicked Thor to the curb basically and was like, "Eh, still got this hammer. All right, well, <laughs> if you're worthy, I guess you can be Thor. Whatever." <laughs> <Just> for- <laughs> Dick. The uh, I did like the fight scene before he gets rid of him. Like they kind of start off out of the gate with that mm-hmm. big fight scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it was the one at Yodaheim. Uh, so I thought that was really good. And uh, the one note I had here before we get to that part that you brought up, Jenny, was that the woman in the army in, in Thor's group. Oh yeah, yeah. Looked like uh, Stevie from Schitt's Creek. <laughs> like that's all I could see uh, <laughs> when I saw her there. Uh, I kept, Stevie, I kept waiting for that. Get called away. Uh, she's actually like kind of a legitimate badass, I think. Um, yes, th- that actress—I forget her name, but um, she's been in several. She runs a motel. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, she's real good. In this I game. just started watching Shit's Creek, actually. So, oh, enjoy I the ride. Know, yeah, I sort of know what you're talking about. I think it looks but, like her. Yeah, Jamie Alexander's Jamie the actress. Alexander. Yeah, that's her name. Right. Um. So Thor lands in uh, New Mexico, where he comes across Jane Foster and everybody is suitably uh, disturbed <laughs> by that. <laughs> she hits him with her car. Uh, Darcy, I think stuns him with a, yeah, we haven't talked about Darcy. Yeah. Have we? Yeah. Cat Dennings, fun addition to this. I think, hmm. um, 
because she's kind of smart mouthed and young and um, overwhelmed by Thor's hotness as she should be. Oh yeah. What do you it's think? It's the second best Darcy since Marcy Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I like how it, uh, Kat Dennings had said that she liked the character because she explained it as, quote, a cute, clueless little puppy or maybe a hamster. And then you think about it, you're like, yeah, she yeah. kind of is. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah, that's she kind good. of is. <clears throat> sort of a little sister role um, to Jane. And yeah. I think it makes Jane a little bit more um, likable a tad mm-hmm. because she's a little bit cold. Um kind of obsessed with her work and stuff like that. So it makes her a little bit more relatable. Yeah. Um, Darcy has no comics counterpart, by the way. I was so going to ask about that. Net new, huh? Character mm-hmm. to the film, which Eric Selvig does not either. They're, uh, their other companion fellow scientist who, uh, yeah. 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 Stellan Skarsgård's a great, a great actor. Yeah, he is great. Um, I saw him. He, the only other thing I saw him, and before this was um, he did those really bad. Well, they were the same movie done by two different directors, but he did like a, a long sequel to The Exorcist. And he played a younger version of Max von Sydow's character, uh, Father. Uh, I don't remember the last name. I'm blind. It's another Norse name. But um, that's the only thing I ever saw him in. And he was good in that or in both of them, even though one script was sucked and the other was really good. They pretty much shot the same movie. Um so I was like, oh, I know that. That's Father – what's his name? I'm going to have to look it up now. But <laughs> So I had never seen it before him, and I thought he was great in that. So that was a good – another another kind of solid choice like Anthony Hopkins. Kind of gr- mm-hmm. like Anthony Hopkins is the grind is the grounding of the Asgardians, and Stellan Skarsgård is the grounding of the Earth characters, like a, you know, uh, a solid actor that can kind of help out the younger actors kind of thing. I, I think it was, it was a good choice there. Yeah. Um, all right. Has anyone ever had a Boilermaker? Uh, yes. <laughs> One time. <laughs> what Never again. kind of question is that? They do it. They have a Boilermaker. And They're doing Boilermaker with him and Thor <laughs> at one point. Is that a shot in a glass of beer? Is that I what it is? Yeah. Okay. Well, because he said it's in Dumb and Dumber, too. You know, yeah, I actually knew that, yeah. But I don't think I've ever had one. I was wondering if I was actually ever had It's one. really gross. <laughs> I, mean, I guess I kind of have if you've done like car bombs, right? So basically, same concept. Same, yeah, I guess same concept. But with a with a car bomb, it's two things that, well, I guess they don't really pair together. But um, it just e- goes down a little bit easier than beer and liquor. You know, it's, boiler makers all around in Tampa. Oh Lord, good luck with that. <laughs> All right, so uh, our friend from S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Coulson, shows up um, and kind of immediately <laughs> shuts down all That's the... That's right. He's, yeah. he's investigating this hole in the desert. Yeah, That's he's right. like, what? <laughs> None of the local rednecks can pull the hammer up out of the ground, which I think is funny. Um, hmm. Among um, them, Stan Lee. Stan Lee, yes. In a yeah, his truck fun away, yeah. cameo. And... <laughs> J. Michael Straczynski, who was a Thor yes. writer, one of them. One of them rednecks. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do we think about powerless Thor when he's kind of trying to figure out what's going on and doesn't know how to be a person? I, I think it was good. Um, 
I'm just surprised they actually did that so early in mm-hmm. the character's front. Like, we're just not really even used to what his powers are. And now we're already have to... Like, usually the rendering of being powerless, like, comes later, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that seemed like it would have been, like, a second movie thing. Um, but it's like... I guess at this point they didn't know, like, if there'd be another one for him, but I'm not sure. But um, it just seems like they go to it real quick, where he's like, now nah, he can't do any of the shit, because we don't even really fully know everything he can do. If you're not a fan of the character before this, if you're watching it new... Also, he's powerless. That said, I think he plays it really well. Like, mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of the great um, Hulk Hogan in Suburban Commando when he comes to Earth. Oh, and just oh it. my Jesus. <laughs> Take a shot. Now, this isn't a horror movie game. like that was. Yeah, it's not horror. There ain't no cum guns in this one, but. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no cum guns in this one. Yeah. No near in the cum guns. So, we didn't really get to talk about Loki that much. Um, Loki has like right. um, ugly stone bitch. Hot Loki has you know some serious issues. Like you don't you don't automatically get that he's like this trickster you know <laughs> god because he has lots of daddy issues. Um, and mommy movie. issues. And mommy issues. Uh, because he's super jealous of Thor. Um, but they are bonded. Like they do have this weird relationship um and it gets even weirder when he finds out that he is a frost giant a half frost giant well full full frost giant adopted by uh thor's parents and raised as his brother well why is he a giant see that's why it's a stupid name all the frost giants should all be gigantic (laughs) comics frost giants are they just didn't do it in the movie. Mm. I guess it'd be... It's one of those things that maybe would have been too much too early. I don't know. Well, let's change the name. Frosties. The Jodenheimers. <laughs> well, they're still called Frost Giants. So <laughs> can't help you there. Go after those Jodenheimers. <laughs> Frost Giant may be a little better. The Jodenheimers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Attack the Yodanai. They're carolers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, honey, the Yodenheimers are in the neighborhood. <laughs> Not again. Oh, God. They're the ugliest kids. <laughs> Fucking Yodenheimers. So, yeah, I mean, the stuff with Loki, it's very... Um, it's pitched kind of melodramatically with, uh, mm. but all of this is. I mean, it's all very Shakespearean, right? Mm. And that's just borrowing from the comics. I mean, they spoke in Shakespearean dialogue. Um, a lot of iambic pentameter in those mm. old comics. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, it's a lot. This is uh, this is a very extra kind of concept and mm-hmm. with very extra characters. So. That's. I think that just speaks to how I thought this was going to be a very tough sell because you want to be faithful to the spirit of of the characters in the comics, but you can't really do it the same way because I mean it's just not going to translate to the screen, not in the way that an Iron Man would and did. So you know they definitely had to use a lot of creative license here but uh and and i think that thor's depowering and being stranded on earth kind of speaks to that i I think that they wanted to start very big and grandiose and then try to pull it back to you know a more grounded center 
and that's why we get that second half with him running around on Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, still very cut for a homeless man, as uh, Darcy puts it. Ooh, yeah. Right. But, uh, you know, it's it's part of his hero's journey, and, and it works. And I think it also just speaks to um, the intention here of let's let's just show glimpses, really. Little, a little goes a long way with Asgard, mm-hmm. and we can't spend all of our time there. Uh, potentially a controversial choice. I mean, and that, again, is something that goes back to the comics. There are people who want to see more of Asgard all the time and think that that's pretty much exclusively where Thor's story should be set. And other people are like, no, he should be the fish out of water on Earth. That's what makes him different and cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just have to find the balance there. Which one of those do y'all prefer? Me? I think, uh, I mean, I don't want to say I'm 50-50, just because very cop-out kind of <laughs> answer. But um, I, I, I mean, I lean pretty heavy cosmic with the character yeah um so give me like 80 percent asgard 20 percent earth maybe i'm right with a 50 50 like i think mm-hmm. it's fine to split it and we see asgard we see everything but I, I think if it's only in space or only you know up there like it it's gonna disconnect it from what they're trying to build with the rest of the team like so i think he needed to be grounded in Earth, because that's where everything was going to happen. So yeah, I mean, it's going to limit your interactions with right. the other. Characters. I think the fight Plus. just had to come down there, as we'll see. Mm-hmm. Like it had to be. If it was always fighting and just everything going on in these other realms, then I just, I think you lose connection. If you want it to be a standalone, that's fine. But right. I think you'd end up losing connection to the larger, um, larger group. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I would. I'll go right down. I'll say like sixty-five, thirty-five, because I think I, I think we do need to establish where Thor has come from and how he'll fit in the uh, in the group. But at the same time, Jr. is right. I think if it's if it's too cosmic, then I think you do disconnect where the all the action's eventually going to be, and you don't want Thor to be completely clueless on how Earth works. So uh, I'll say like sixty forty. Sixty forty. All right. Um, what other um. Anything else stand out for you? Justin, I'm actually um, wondering what you thought overall about Thor. Do not mistake my appetite for apathy, <laughs> uh, which is this teammate that looks like Hansen, Warbeard Hansen <laughs> said. Uh, no, I, I mean, I thought it was, I mean, look, like Tim Volstag, said. right? <laughs> yeah. Like Tim said, it's a very um, extra loaded character with a lot going on that you have to get across in this movie and i thought i thought they did a fine enough job and i think it speaks to maybe part of the reason why like natalie portman and this character fits this movie is because they need it to kind of be in the background just to move things along but there's so much other stuff going on like putting a dynamic putting a dynamic person in that role like made of overwhelmed because it's already a lot there's already mm-hmm. a ton going on. you're gonna learn loki you're gonna learn odin you're gonna learn renee russo you're gonna <laughs> learn um you know you're gonna learn the frost giants like there's already like a ton you got to figure out you're trying to figure out how this relates to shield you know like there's so much going on so all these names and all these realms and right all so how do you yeah. it's very confusing like it definitely like that, that you know and, and then I guess we'll just get to the end, whatever. But at the end, I was really confused as to why he had to smash the bridge because, like, that didn't fully explain why they had to do that. To mm. like, why did they have to be cut off? And and I don't know, like, all that just made no sense. Like, he basically is like, 
all right, that's it. You can never come back, and I'm never going to see Jane again, and we're done. And then, like, the next time we see them, he can just fly wherever he wants with his hammer and there's a new bridge. And it's like, like, it's all very dramatic, and it's like, oh, this is it. They're trapped in Asgard forever. They're destroying this bridge. It's this huge moment. And then it doesn't seem to ever, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but lead to anything. And they don't explain it well here as to why he had to go to that length. Right. It's just like he just says he has to do it and does it, and that's it. Like, no one even questions that. Yep, okay, he's going to destroy it. Our only way out of here. Uh, it just seemed it seemed like an odd. Thing yeah, to do without really I agree. Explaining. I agree with you there. I, I thought that third act, well, really, just probably just kind of from the climax mm-hmm. on, was just sort of rushed and mm-hmm. just weirdly paced, and maybe not edited as as well as it could have been. So, from what I gather, the the bridge, the Bifrost, was being used like as a weapon to destroy. Jodenheim, which, to your point, Justin, they had not established previously in the film that that was something that could be done. It was like, Loki just starts doing it, and you're like, "Uh, okay, this is what we're doing now. And so Thor destroys it to prevent that from happening, but yeah, I don't know that they did a great job of getting all that across. It just all happens very quickly. Right, and I know when they end up reopening it goes a different way but then the bridge is back like i don't know that's just the whole thing yeah they just fix it (laughs) they just repair it but they act like this is it like forever when they do Mm -hmm. this thing you know Shawn michaels looking on sadly (laughs) yeah tell me a lot i think that's um i agree with you guys and plus the um the fight scene on earth in the little town always um was Mm. a little off for me um i didn't mind that Talk about the destroyer yeah, showing up. Yeah, the destroyer. Up. Um, Loki sends it. The, fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> when that thing crawls out of that hole. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And it's not bad. I just think that um, it just it seems a little like you said the pacing's a little weird and I don't know it just gets well when he gets his hammer back and gets all his powers back that's pretty awesome but hmm. him and. Uh, Jane, like, they, they kind of push, like, I don't know, they fall in love, like, really quick, and, like, I can't, they don't really give us a reason as to why, you know, Thor, like, falls for her, like, right, yeah, I'm not trying to pile on that she's playing and this and that, like, I like her, but, but just, like, like, why this chick, like, for this know? Norse god that can, yeah. like, have all these women, yeah. you know, like, deities, and then, like, he's down here with this chick, yeah, maybe the normalcy is what spoke to him, Maybe but so. I feel like we don't really get like that feels a little rushed too. Mm-hmm. Like why he's like all of a sudden like they're soulmates and that's it. I guess when you know, you know. But well, they don't. Um, do they even kiss in this one, or do they? I think at the very end, don't they? At the very end, they do. They it. do. Yeah. Very end. Yep. Yeah. Very end. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I wasn't totally sold on that romance and it, it like that's sort of, i'm glad they didn't use that as like oh this is what redeems him he's now right, found yeah. his man. it was just sort of right. a thing that happened along the way i will say that it's always bugged me that he just sort of the hammer just sort of flies to him <laughs> like it just it felt like that needed a bigger moment like i agree somebody actually lifting the hammer right mm. like he because mm. he failed earlier to lift it and he's like, I'm no longer worthy and it's like you need to pay that <laughs> off with <laughs> like a sword in the stone type of moment exactly yeah. exactly because it's that type of movie you know mm-hmm. so that's something that's always 
bogged me. And I get that they sort of couldn't do that because he was like half dead, but still. And so far away. So. Well, it's kind of still saying he's worthy, right? Because it's coming back to him. So now, like, he's, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, just it visually, yeah. Sure. sure. Yeah, I, I just think it. We're all about making moments, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Telling stories. <laughs> so I don't know. Um. Any other points, observations, gripes? Um. The uh, the climax was pretty. I don't want to say illogical, but I, I did think it was far-fetched, uh, just smashing the bridge, because that was kind of fucking stupid. Poor Idris, it's like the only job he had, and now he didn't have it anymore. <laughs> Poor bastard. Um, yeah, and, and, and yes, uh, the romance thing is, I mean, I mean, well, what's the common denominator between the cringing romance in the Star Wars prequels and the cringing romance here? Mm. Well, her. Mm. So, she's just There's cringing. a lack of chemistry. Yeah, oh, Thor looks in these vapid, empty eyes. Oh, yeah, that's fucking useless. Um, she, he might as well fall in for Cat Dennings. <laughs> More exciting. Um, yeah, I, I think um, I think that that they did kind of rush that in the end. And, and I've always said that the the thing that he that they that he fought at the end, what what the fuck that thing was called, the big destroyer fire head, destroyer. The destroyer thing, seemed so like I don't know, like it was I don't know. It didn't seem very imposing. It's like this big ball <laughs> fire <laughs> thing, the giant fucking it, bug coming out of the. <laughs> Oh, the world. I, don't know. I thought I was. Yeah, just... they they should have saved that for a little bit further down the road. I, I didn't yeah. think they needed to do that in this movie. Yeah. It's one of those like it was there for the comics fans to really mark out over, but mm-hmm. it, it was it kind of didn't work for me, brother. Just the way that it was a very to your point, Jenny. Just sort of one of those fight scenes that goes on and on. There's not a whole lot to it because um, the destroyer doesn't really do much, but you know, destroy. It's, yeah, it's just a mindless, you know, <laughs> it's just, killing yeah, it's just a thing. Mind, yeah, drone basically. It's a weapon, and he just like sucks it up into a tornado or whatever, and you're mm. just like, that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. seems very anticlimactic. It was, it was mm. all. I think. I think it, it was yeah. just pieces. I think it was just pieces leading to really the vindication of Thor that he he's learned his right. ways. Right. Um. That I'm not a fucking arrogant prick. Like I can make a difference, and I do have a, a compassion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what his vindication was, and he would. And the destroyer was just kind of the thing that was there to do that for him. Yeah, you know and what I mean. I don't know if they had planned anything with Avengers yet, but like it does pay off later when they, where you we know what it is when it shows up again. Right. No, they were planning it because it was in the credits. It says right. it at the end. Yeah, so they knew it was coming. No, that, but that I don't. Means... I don't know what's about what level. Like I don't. Know oh no, I know, I know. Yeah, no, I know. But I mean. Either yeah. way, when it shows up there, like means a lot because we saw it here and what it could do, you know. Right, right. Um, yeah. No, I thought the end was was a little rushed, and um, but but the vindication of of uh, Thor's character, I think that's what it was about. Like, is this guy worthy? Because worthy is the whole big thing here. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. because eventually this team has to come together. We know it's happening. Obviously, is he worthy to be part of this? And obviously he is. And that part of it worked um and the destroyer guy was just the guy that happened to be the bad guy there for him to take out so it was just kind of there but i agree with you tim i think they just used it as a mark out for the for the geeks but which is fine too you know yeah no it's fine no there's no problem with that no no problem with that at all but so 
I'm going to say something, I guess. And Jenny, you'll have to either back me up or totally refute it because mm-hmm. um, no one else, uh, including myself, is qualified. But this is sort of my takeaway or my impression on, on this movie just over the years and thinking back on it. Not something I realized at the time, but, you know, I said earlier, what's going to be the hook here? What angle are they really going to take to tell this story? Mm-hmm. And from what we've seen, they lean into the humor. They are kind of acknowledging and owning the absurdity of a lot of these characters and situations, um, emphasizing some interpersonal drama. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what they've come up with here is intentionally or not, I, I think it is intentional, sort of the first serious attempt at making a superhero film that's kind of aimed at women um not that it's not for guys at all Mm. but you think like guys are going to show up for this especially like you know geeky comics fans are going to show up anyway to see a movie called thor Mm. um but you know you kind of look at women as traditionally being a tougher sell for this kind of genre and I just think it's smart to sort of try to gain this foothold with a different audience. Oops. Re- wow. <laughs> and it's early in the MCU's run. I mean, right. it sets them apart from from other long-running franchises, sort of in that, I mean, we're still in what's going to be known as phase one here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, okay, uh, it's kind of cool to see a superhero movie that's this concerned with, the female gaze for well, a change. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> Cassie Chris Chris Hensworth, Hensworth, uh, <laughs> is definitely for the ladies. Probably for some other men, too, as well. Uh, sure, yeah. sure. Imagine if they had a good-looking Loki. Would have crashed <laughs> well, all record. <laughs> I find Loki to be extremely attractive. Um, <laughs> the only part that I sort of disagree with is just the writing for Jane Foster. Um, okay. So, I feel she's like, a female point of view character, which right. is different. And like Justin, not a great one. Like though, Justin said, like there's already too much going on. You don't need a strong female. I kind of disagree with that. Um, but no, I didn't mean the female. I meant that particular role. But well, it's female role. But anyway, yeah, it could have been anyone. Um, but I just meant introducing another big character into what already this other, all this other shit going on would have been a lot. Hmm. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't, I never really felt it was specifically like for women, but they definitely did several good things to hook. Yeah. I don't feel like it made focus. Yeah. Focus group it or anything yeah, like that. It's you're just definitely sort of getting people to the theater with Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston. Right. So, um, and then the, uh, I think that Darcy's character too. Is, yeah, you got the for younger, female point of view character, yeah. female point of view character, and female sidekick too. Yeah, which yeah. Sort of weird. I don't know. Pretty on her love. Yeah. yeah. And then you have um, Thor's relationship with his mother, because um, he's mm. he's you know deeply like, <laughs> um, you know, very close with her. He you know goes to her for counsel and you know he mm-hmm. 
she is easier to deal with than his father, I think. So they have a closeness. Who spends half the movie asleep? Yes, by the way. of course. I mean, that's how you use Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Put him in the yeah. sleep. Don't yeah. love that. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't like that either. Don't they do it in the second one as well? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's an interesting, interesting point that I never thought of. I don't know. Not trying to make a political statement or anything. No, it's just no. something. I like it. It's kind of been talked around and just it is a little bit different with this movie as compared mm-hmm. to others. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, just in little ways that that add up to me. I admit that the writing sucked for that character, but sorry, I think I mean a better actress would have done something better with it. Maybe just so. my opinion. Just my opinion. The writing was bad for Jane Foster, but. If you didn't have an actress that was about as exciting as a, you know, Mjolnir acted well, better in this movie than she did. So if you could have gotten a better woman to play yeah. that role, the, the shitty writing might not have been as shitty. You know, my, I think she point. might just be a victim of resting bitch face um, because. Oh, my God. She's the queen of resting bitch. She invented th- resting bitch. She, face. I think she just looks annoyed all the time. Yes, and exactly. And I want to punch her. It's <laughs> fucking terrible. And what? this movie was too important to have somebody like that. That's just me. Cat Dennings didn't have a resting bitch face. I, I am watching the scene where Thor's in the rain um, outside the shield uh, here. and Oh, when he couldn't not lift Not distracting it. at all. And Hawkeye's in this. <laughs> Hawkeye's in this, too. We have not talked about Hawkeye. This is true. He gets yeah. his sort of cameo. To it, Honestly, I did, it did not even register... The first time I saw this movie, it was one of those very after the fact things when people talked about it. I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, <laughs> that guy was supposed to be Hawkeye. All right. <laughs> good. Um, anything else before we do our awards? No, I think I'm good. Mm-hmm. God, why do I always forget what our awards are? Okay, favorite character <laughs> that's not the main hero, um, Loki. Yeah, you can almost say favorite other than Loki for this one. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, Scott and Justin feel otherwise. No, I mean, yeah, it's probably Loki. I don't think the Frost God King would be get my vote. <laughs> uh, Renee Russo was pretty good, too. Yeah, she is good. Um, I, I did love Loki, but I'm going to go with uh, Idris as Heindel. Mm. I, thought he was a, I thought he was a guy that you're going to remember. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a guy you're going to remember. He and I didn't a cool hero hero moment too with the busting out of the ice and killing. Yeah, that was badass. That was badass. The frost you know giants just in the right. nick of time. I, I'm not going to pick Loki here because there's better Loki to come. So I'm not going to pick Loki here. Yeah, I say that, Heimdall. That scene um, where he confronts Odin about his being yeah. adopted is still like chilling. Like yes, I do agree. Fantastic. Yeah, it is. And the stuff at the end, I think, really works too, where he's falling. It literally uh, and figuratively, he's, he's fallen from grace, and now he's going to fall into the abyss mm-hmm. uh, from this destroyed Bifrost, and is rejected that one final time by his father. And right. uh, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It just it was a, it's a very powerful performance, I mm-hmm. think, that he gives in this movie, and I kind of do think we see better from him coming up even as good as he is here um least favorite i don't think there's any doubt 
uh, <laughs> where we're going with that one, unless somebody has anything other than Jane Foster. No. Negative. I mean, I didn't even think she was that bad, but I guess if you're stack ranking, yeah, you know I mean, the bottom. I don't think the writing for her is as bad as Scott does, um, but I do agree that she could have been played by anybody, really. Okay. Uh, what else did we do? <laughs> Always forget. Uh, <laughs> best scene? Best nude scene. Oh, yes. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I like that first fight in Jordanheim. Yeah, was that was good. good. Mm. The climax with when when uh, Thor feels is now worthy and the hammer comes. When he in. gets his hammer, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, mm, I don't know. <laughs> um, when he takes his shirt off, when he's shirtless and you know, just like drooling all over him. Well, this, this is true. It also occurs to me that for a Thor movie, this is a little bit light on action. Uh, kind of yeah. is. Not that there aren't action scenes, but they're, they don't really go for broke in the way that some of the other MCU movies do. Wasn't it this one or was it the next one um, where he comes in and he hangs the... That might be the next one. When he hangs the hammer on the coat rack. Maybe it's the next one. I think it is. Sorry, I'll shut up. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because I just realized he can't hold the hammer yet. I think it's the next one. He puts his stuff on yeah. the coat. Yes. I laughed pretty loud at that one. Yeah, because it's the scene where he goes, where are your pants? Where he tells what's his oh, name, yeah. where are your pants? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the next one. Um, What other awards do we do? I can't remember. That's it. Final grade. Yeah. Final, Final grade. grade. Final grade. Yeah. This one's a weird one. Yeah. So, I mean, I like it. I like the idea of Thor. But, it, I mean, it's clearly a step back. Mm-hmm. But I still think, like, I still think it was good. Like, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I went eight out of ten. Like, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was, I thought it was perfectly fine. It was an enjoyable movie. I didn't think it was bad in any way. Uh, I just think it, it's not as good as some of the other ones. Uh, you know, so I had a, a little behind Iron Man too. And I guess as we move forward, maybe it'll feel a little high. Uh, I'm actually surprised at my grade for the next one, but we'll save that for the next episode. Tease, mm-hmm. um, Tim. Like it. Um, I don't want to go as high as eight. Me either. But I think it is better than just like a seven. So I'm I'm gonna go seven and a half, leaning like seven three quarters, somewhere in there. <laughs> we'll say seven. You know what? We'll say seven three quarters. We'll do quarter stars. We, let's do quarter stars. Hey, yeah, I agree. Uh, do I've been doing quarter stars since the beginning. So oh, yeah. catch up. Yeah. Scott, what do you think? Well, um, I couldn't give this an eight because if you're comparing uh, heroines, uh, aromatic candles aside, Gwyneth Paltrow kicks the shit out of uh, Mm -hmm. Natalie Bitchface, so Mm -hmm. I couldn't give this an eight. Um, I'm going to go – I put seven in a – I had it at seven and a quarter. I think I'm going to lean towards seven and a half because I just like the rest of the cast. Um, This is not better than either Iron Man, so I couldn't give it an eight, and that's what I gave both of those. I'll go seven and a half. Um, okay. I think they. I think it worked. I think they did a nice job. And bitch face aside, the rest of the cast kicked ass. And uh, I liked. I kind of dug the lack of action. Believe it or not, now that you now that I think about it, because the next two movies are going to have a fuck ton of it. Mm-hmm. So 
I, I was fine with having some storyline and character development for Thor. Uh, so we didn't have to, because we know that he's strong and powerful and all that stuff. So kind of the whole movie was need, the, really the premise of him was being humbled. So, and he was, so that, that worked for me. So I'll slightly under both Iron Man, but definitely better than Hulk. So I'll go with seven and a half. Okay. Sounds good. All right. I guess What'd you give it. I'm, I'm with you on the seven and three quarters. Okay. Cool. Oddly specific, but that's what I feel in my heart. I know. Well, we're gonna have a lot of these, so I yeah, imagine we are. we'll we'll get oddly specific. I yeah, I think I like this a uh, little bit better than Iron Man two. Definitely better than Hulk, but definitely inferior to Iron Man. Yeah, for sure. Um, one day I will remember how we um do all this and like maybe make a spreadsheet of some sort where we rank everything. I don't know. Um, if only my brain worked that way. Anybody want to mm-hmm. plug anything before we go, Tim? Uh, we will have on this here station the Jenny Position, an episode of Talk and Pop mm-hmm. with a dear friend and podcast first timer. Virgin blood. So, yeah, look for that. It's going to be our first talking pop of the new year, even though it's too late to be uh, celebrating or wishing Happy New Year to anyone. <laughs> anyway, we've a- also got on Place B Nation Wrestling feed just dropped here recently uh, another episode of Talking WCW. That is the show Jenny, you and I do with our dear friend Greg Phillips. And this was uh, Jenny's Revenge, this most yeah. recent outing here on Talking WCW. You chose our subject, and our subject was Kevin Sullivan. Sweet, so. sweet revenge. Yeah. Whatever, Bret Hart. Whatever. <laughs> what about you, Scott? Uh, just dropping this weekend on the Place B Nation wrestling feed, uh, I did my first first part of two parts revealing my uh greatest wwe tv mat pay-per-view matches of all time so check that out and i middle inter- interactive for everyone if they want to watch the matches as they're listening to the pod i'd love to to have you do that if you'd like to it's it was a lot of fun for me and i hope you enjoy it so i rank my first 50 so 100 to 51 um later this week on the pop feed i'm not sure when it's dropping but myself uh you uh timothy and yep. uh, Andy Atherton and Steve Willie, we do the annual. We'll do the annual. Um, uh, I don't know. How, I, I gotta ask Andy how to make it sound not sound so morbid, but uh, the the yearly obit show <laughs> where we. Uh, I mean, it is kind of a morbid. Subject. It is kind of a morbid show. Yes, I'm trying to think of something like not as uh, more, you know, not as more uh, morose. But uh, yeah. we do pay tribute to those uh, in pop culture that passed away in 2019. So we'll be doing that this week. And we'll uh, be talking about a lot of dead people for. A lot of hours. A lot of like, hours. <laughs> Pretty much. So uh, that we'll be doing that this week. Uh, also on the wrestling feed this coming weekend, uh, I'm sure there'll be multiple uh, reaction pods that I will be on with certain with people here and not here because uh, it's a big pay-per-view weekend for wrestling. Yeah. NWA Hard Times is Friday night. Myself and Dr. G will be doing a reaction show. And uh, I believe... Uh, Jenny and maybe you, Tim, uh, will be on uh, Sunday night 
on the <laughs> Chain Reaction Pod with uh, Brother Nate and uh, whoever else he gets to do the Royal Rumble. If so. I'm not there, it's not because I don't want to be. I'll put it that way. <laughs> of course. It's because I you're know. too drunk to show up. Too drunk to show up. That's maybe hard. Not the last thing for me. Not the first time that ex- that, that reasoning's been used for anybody. <laughs> well, but, uh, that's <laughs> never stopped me. But other <laughs> and then, kind of to transition to my PIC, sir. You and I, uh, a week from now, will be doing our next place to be podcast, the post WrestleMania six uh, episode. We'll be doing the Science main event from late April of nineteen ninety, sir. You and I next week. Justin, yep. anything else for you? Wrestling feed. Just listen to all my shit on the PlayStation Wrestling feed. There's a lot of it over the last week and a half or so, so check it out. Justin's done with our bullshit, apparently. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, uh, I'll just say follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Jenny. Scott's plug almost as long as his fucking GWE podcast. <laughs> Twitter, Jenny Position, <sighs> Facebook, uh, leave a review and. Um, thank you for listening. Good night. I'm going to go destroy the Bifrost now so we can never talk again. Goodbye. You know we can take it faster, take it slowly. We could fly out to Ibiza and get cozy. All your friends are looking for you, they don't know where you're at. Cause you left with me and slipped out the back. Low-key, low-key, you should really get Hey, you know what's going to be funny? Listening to me try to say Molnir. I will say hammer. The hammer. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Just call it the hammer. I think it's pronounced, you know, it's pronounced Rory. Rory, yes. Rory. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I know.